Welcome to Breaking Free. I'm Rania Kurdi, a transformational life coach, comedian, and mother of two. And you can join me weekly to hear some intimate self-reflections and conversations with inspirational friends and guests from all around the world, sharing what they needed to break free from in order to live a life of purpose. I have the pleasure of introducing you to a very special guest today on Breaking Free. Susie Tamim is an Irish spiritual guide, psychic and Reiki master who lives and works in Amman, Jordan. I had the privilege of narrating the audiobook of her memoir, Only Time Will Tell, which I'll play a short clip for you before I chat to her in her home where she gives her healings, workshops and numerology readings. The morning of the 30th, we began our lessons for the sixth level of Reiki. At the end of this course, I would become a Grand Master. The next few days, Shirley and I were completely immersed in study. There was so much to learn. These long hours and my final days in Finland were spent in Isla's flat listening to my teacher, absorbing her wisdom, further expanding my ever-evolving understanding of universal energy. When Isla at last gave me my final initiation, I felt I had completed an important phase of my spiritual development. My growing desire to help people had been strongly reinforced, and as a grandmaster, I would find within me the strength and skill to go out into the world and help make it a better place. Promoting better spiritual understanding would from now on become part of my mission as well, to teach people how to learn to live together in greater peace and harmony, and ultimately to aid and support the well-being of Mother Earth herself. Hi Susie, it's so nice to see you again. Oh, hello Rania, thank you so much. And the first thing I've got to do is thank you uh, for an amazing job, what you did in my audio book. You brought it, the story to life and everybody loved it. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure, Susie. And it's such an exciting story. I mean, your book talks about the sudden loss of your mother when you were 14 and how painful that was, leaving school at 16 and becoming a folk singer in a band before receiving a message from your mother who passed, which seemed to completely change your direction or path in life. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Susie? Of course, it was devastating for me to lose my mother at such an early age. And one day I was walking down London, I was 16 in Belgrave Road, and something pushed me into this building. And when I looked up, it was a big crest saying spiritual association. So I went in and I asked, what is it about? And they said, well, you can get messages from the spirit world. I said, oh, you think I can get a message from my mom? And that's how it changed. My whole life was my first message from my mother. I went in, I sat down, and then the medium pointed at me, and she said, I have a Susan here. And I said, yes, that's my mother. And she said, well, pull yourself together and stop feeling sorry for yourself. So I started to cry because I thought she was telling me off. But in a way, I needed to hear that because I was really down very down and that's when the message from my mother then it changed my whole life and I always believed she was there watching over me and gave me the strength. So Susie you always had psychic abilities as a child but how did you actually develop those to become a medium? Yes that's right I've always been psychic as a child and my mother used to worry about me because I used to come out with these odd prophecies you know, I remember saying to her, you know what, mom, before I die, I'm going to live in the Holy Land. <laughs> well, I'm here. And, um, and then, and so then after when I went um, 
to the spiritual association and I got my message from my mom, I thought, well, I've got to learn to develop it. So I always pray and I always felt she was with me and guided me. So by walking down the street, I saw a, a, a book stand and then I saw prediction. So I picked it up and I looked through it and it was all about different mediums and healers and whatever. So I scrolled down and then I said, oh, I'll phone this lady. So I rang her up and I explained to her, I said, look, I'm just in town and I would really like to um, make my powers of my mediumship and my psychic abilities to be more stronger or I'd like to be guided how to do it. So she said, okay. She said, you're most welcome to join us. So I went to her for four years every week all those years i was practicing and um and then i started interested in numerology because i love science you know with the base date of birth and your name and i really mm. i'm very good at number crunching i think i take after my dad there so i picked it up very very quickly and i loved numerology so then i started doing readings and lots of people were saying oh it's come true and it's amazing and then I was a bit bored. My dream was to fly. I always wanted to fly. And of course, I didn't have any, uh, any languages. And then one day, I looked in the paper, the Evening Standard, and it said flight attendants for Royal Jordanian. But you didn't need any um, language. So I wrote to them. And then I got my first interview in Regent Street. And then and I went along for the interview and then they I felt they liked me and then a week later I got the second interview and then I couldn't believe that I got the job and that's how you ended up coming to Jordan so, yes that's right so in a way little did you know that you were being guided to fulfill that prophecy of living in the holy land I suppose oh absolutely so you've had some very scary experiences but also interesting experiences that people will read in the book in only time will tell including being a folk singer in a band and being strangled and attacked by uh, someone when you were walking home and losing your voice and then you didn't continue with the singing and now a hostess that sends you to Jordan to become a healer so can you tell us how you ended up becoming a healer and finding out that you had healing abilities? Yes, um, when I was living in Amman, Jordan, and flying through with RJ, um, there, was a, there was a lady who came in from Oregon, and her name was Roberta Roth, and she did a seminar all about healing and crystals and things like that. And then I, after the se seminar, I went up to her, and I said, I'd like to have a, a, a private uh, meeting with you. And then when I went to visit her, she said, Susie, you know, you're a healer. I said, well, I've been told that so many times, but what do I do? So she told me, uh, just believe in yourself and, and gave me the idea of putting hands on and just praying. And this is what I did. So, um, and then during my flying, uh, how I realized I, I did what she told me to do. I went on a flight to Chicago and I heard that the flight before us, a girl had a very bad accident and was run over by a car. So uh, all the crew was all eating at a brunch and I excused myself because I felt something tell, told me, go to the girl in hospital. So I mm. excused myself with all the, my crew and I just got a taxi to the hospital and the girl who was in intensive care, they wouldn't let anybody in. But I lied and said, look, I'm her best friend. 
So they let me in, and then I put my hands all on her head. God bless her. She was all her, all her stitches down the side of her head and everything, and she was like in a coma. So I just put my hands on her head, and I always remember someone telling me the last thing to go is hearing. So I whispered in her ear, and I said, just, I held her hand. I said, let me know if you hear me. And she'd squeeze my hand. And I got so frightened. And then I said, now let go. And I'm here now to try and help you. So then I put my hands for a good 45 minutes all on her head and praying. And then I left. And then I went back to the, all the crew where they were uh, having the brunch. And then the next day, we were out having a drink and the flight engineer said, guess what? You know, the girl who had the car accident a couple of weeks ago. I said, yes. She said, a miracle's happened. She's out of a coma now and she's just breathing on her own now. I said, oh, that's wonderful. And then I didn't think anything else of it. And then about a year later, I was on a flight to Iraq and the girl who was with me in first class, she had a scarf around her neck. And that's against regulations. So I said, you know, you're not supposed to wear a scarf. And she said, smiled at me. She said, Susie, I'll tell you when we land and have our lunch. So when we landed, she put the scarf off and she said, look, Susie, I have a hole in my neck where I nearly died. And I was in a very, very bad car accident about a year ago. Now, I didn't say anything to her. I just, God, let me see the sign. So I felt that I did some help to this girl. I am not the healer. God is. I am the tool of God. That's amazing. Is that what led to you becoming a Reiki master? Well, then I always remember Roberta saying that um, you always start heal children because you're always better to heal children. So one day I went to a seminar and there was Shirley Aljabi was there and she came up to me and she said, Susie, um, because she met Roberta Rott and she rang Roberta Rott saying to her what happened to this little boy that he drowned in a tank of water and he was left for a while, nobody knew, and he was brain damaged. So then Roberta Rott said to Shirley, look, ring Susie, let Susie go. So when Shirley rang me and Roberta said, would you come with me to heal this boy? I said, I'm no healer, I don't know what to do, I was panicking. So when I put the phone down, it, I phoned her back and said, sorry for being rude. Okay, I will go. And for 10 years, surely, every week we went, drove me to Swale, which is quite a bit away from me. And I went for 10 years healing this boy. And as soon as I went into the room and saw him with all the machines, and it was absolutely awful and so poor on the, on the mattress, on the floor and freezing cold area. So when I looked at him, I said, oh, my God, I feel like deja vu. I feel I know this boy. So I never gave up and I went for 10 years to him. And I don't want to spoil the story because it's in my book. But he taught me so much. He taught me to have patience. He taught me to believe in myself. And he taught me to have no fear and to believe in myself. And the where I am now today is because of this boy, mm. how I become, that I believe myself, I've got to have patience, I do anything to help people. So I have a lot to thank Sue Habe for. And what's beautiful in the book is that you receive so many signs that confirm to you that you are on the correct path. Absolutely, absolutely. Amazing. Yes, Ramya. 
And Susie, you also had a near-death experience when your appendix burst. Well, that was amazing, yes. Um, I was coming back shopping from with my friend and I'm walking down Victoria Street because my dad just lived in Belgrave Road up the road. And while I'm walking, I got the most terrible pain in my, in my uh, appendix area. So I had to climb on her back and she had to piggyback me back to my father's home. So that night when I slept, I, I was sweating so mad and I shouted, I'm dying, I'm dying. And my father it was panic and he got the ambulance. And what happened was I remember seeing my mum going out on a stretcher and she never came back. So where we lived, the lift had broken. And what happened was when the men came, when the ambulance men came to put me on the stretcher I said there's no way am I going on that stretcher because I remember my mom never came back and I think that's what happened it was acute appendix I think at first and because I had to walk down 76 flights of steps and that's when I burst it and then I was I was rushed to St George's Hospital in Hyde Park corner and then all I remember was being wheeled down to the operating theatre and then adjusted an injection into my hand and counting one, two, three, and that was it. And then all of a sudden, I saw myself up in the ceiling, looking down at myself on the bed. All I could see was blood everywhere. And then all of a sudden, it went dark. And while I'm walking through this dark tunnel, there was little, little alleyways, little spaces on each side. And these little creatures were coming out, nipping at me. And I said, God, God. And then they all went back. And when I finally got to the end and I got out into the light and stepped into the light, it took me a while to get my uh, eyes, you know, from dark to light. And it was the most wonderful feeling of bliss. And the colors are so vivid, everything is more beautiful. And you see all the flowers, all beautiful gardens, absolutely amazing. And then all of a sudden, I saw a bridge in front of me. And while I'm walking over the bridge, I saw my mom mm. and she held her hand and she said, come, come. So I, I tried to hold her hand. And when I went to hold her hand, something pushed me back. And I'm crying my eyes out to reach her. And in my ear, God said, no, it's not your time. You've got a mission. You've got to go back. Now, it took me so long going. But when I, I was whooshed back so quickly, and, and then all of a sudden I woke up and the doctor said, we nearly lost you. Well, I honestly think if I'd have held my mom's hand, I think I'd have died. And God let me see many other things there. Uh, amazing mm. and so I came back so I think I'm doing my mission yes and, and so many people who've written about their near-death experiences say it was so beautiful that it was difficult for them to come back however coming back you lose the fear of death has that happened to you absolutely I don't I'm no fear of death at all because we don't die we ascend mm. You know, and, and you see all your loved ones up there. It's amazing. Yes. That leads me to a very uh, serious car crash that you had as well with your husband in Jordan. Can you tell us what happened there? Yes, that's right. I was coming from a party. It was way out of our man. 
and we followed somebody home and then they went on their way. Now, before I left the party, something told me, don't go yet. But it was about 12.30. So my husband said, so we better go, I've got work. And anyway, when we went to go, the back tire was burst. So we had to wait for um, the, a person, a guy in the gardener to help and fix the tire. So then um, on our way back down Mecca Street in Jordan, uh, just like at the traffic lights, a taxi came out from nowhere trying to beat the lights and smashed right into the side of me. And the whole car started going, going zigzagging down the road. Now, Amin, my husband, he was knocked unconscious. So nobody was at the steering wheel and I couldn't move because I, I was trapped, the whole car went on top of me. And then all of a sudden I prayed, I, I pr funny enough, I said, Lady Diana, because she had the car accident that year, please help me. And I was praying, Melchizedek, whoever. And the next thing I saw hands on the steering wheel and they made the car go into the lamppost because if it didn't, it would have gone over the bollard and they would have crashed into us again and I wouldn't be here today. So I really feel an angel or somebody helped me. And then something told me to take my seatbelt off when I got into the car before the accident. And Amin said, what are you doing? I said, they're telling me to take the seatbelt off. So that's what saved me because I would have no legs today because I felt somebody lift up my legs and turn me around. And then if you see the car, there was nothing left. Now, Amin doesn't remember anything. So when I got to the hospital, I, I had broken ribs. Uh, everything was coming out, a broken, uh, everything was wrong with me. But Amin doesn't remember anything. It took me one year to get better. But I really believe an angel saved me that day. Incredible. And talking about messages, you've had many messages from your mother along the way. And most recently, you had a message that you must write your second book. So Susie, your second book, you said to me, is about all the signs and the blessings that you've received and the places that you had to visit. Last year, I sent my book to a top medium, which you will see in chapter three, uh, and my second book, the, uh, the Circle of Friends, and she came out and she did mediumship and everything. Now, 15 years down the line, I saw her online and I sent her my book and she wrote back saying, Susie, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And it's going to open doors for mediums to give them to believe in themselves more. And for putting this book online is going to open doors for people and for you. I said, well, thank you, Jennifer. And then she said, I have a Susan here. I said, well, that's my mom. She said, well, she's here now. And she's telling me to tell you, do you think you're finished? I said, oh, no, I'm not doing another book. And she said, oh, yes, you are, my brilliant little Susie. That's the message I got from my mom. And then she said, don't worry, she will stand next to you and behind you. And while you write this second book, she will let you remember everything and where you've done and where you've gone. And then September, lockdown in Jordan, I sat down at my computer I put a picture of my mom facing me 
and I'm not joking, and this is no lie, I literally felt her behind me touching the top of my hair while I was writing this book. I did it in four months. The other one, only time will tell, took me 10 years. Now it's finished, but it's got to be edited and I'm sure it won't be out till the beginning of next year. Now, my second book is called, I've decided to call it My Mystical Journeys and Initiations, because it's all about the places I went. That's incredible. Can you tell us the places that you went, Susie? Yeah, Baida Petra, uh, Sedona, Arizona, China, Peru, the Baptist site, Wadi Rum, and many, many more things in it. And every one of these places I've gone, I'm putting photos in because you will see the proof what I'm writing in this book and what I had to do and where I had to go and to do my mission, what God put me down to do. And so were you given signs uh, to go to these particular places and, and did you receive initiations there? Wherever I went, something happened to me. Now, a woman comes to me to my house in 208 and she's got patterns all on her face and she's a Bedouin woman and she doesn't speak a word of English and my Arabic's not good. And then she said to me, you're going to go to China 2012. 17, sorry. I said, China? Why would I go to China? So it's like this. All these people come into my life, psychic people, they tell me things. You're going to go there, you're going to go there, and you're going to, and you'll know what to do, and you have a mission to do at all these places where I have gone. You see, it's all in my book. You will see it. You'll understand it better. It just, it's amazing. I'm even shocked myself. I'm shocked myself that I've done this second book. Yes, and those opportunities then suddenly come your way and you remember the prediction, so you know that it's the right thing to do. That's right, yes, yes, yes. It's definitely my mom was with me doing this book. And I know it's blessed. I feel I'm blessed because this book is going to make people wake up, listen, Listen to your signs. Every one of you out there are all special. Every one of you there are all on missions. If you just listen to your inner voice, you will be guided. People who come in and out of your life is the reason. They act like earth angels to guide you to go to do what you've got to do. And this is what I've had. And this is what my second book is all about. Susie, I can't wait to read it. And I'm sure everyone who's listened today is eager to read it as well. Thank you so much. It's been so lovely chatting to you. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Breaking Free, please share it with your friends or on your social media platforms. And of course, I'd really love it if you can subscribe, rate or review the show. You can reach me directly at raniacurdy.com. If you would like to ask a question, comment on what you heard today, or find out how I can support you on your journey.